This is the Podcast Inc. production. Booyah! This is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice. It's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstyles! So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by First Row Collectibles. If you're into sports memorabilia or wrestling figures or comic books, please visit firstrow.ca. Use promo code THEPODCAST20. You'll get 20% off. Everything you see there is in Canadian funds. So to all you American listeners, it's a little bit cheaper for you. But do not worry, rest of the world. They ship worldwide. So they will deliver to you. They update daily. So please visit them every day. And like I said, use promo code THEPODCAST20. And if you're into nerd culture from First Row Collectibles, obviously you're into video games and you're probably into books. If so, please visit BossFightBooks.com for great books on classic video games. You'll find titles like Galaga, Super Mario Brothers 2, Shadow of the Colossus, and so many others. So like I said, please visit BossFightBooks.com. And if you want to support me directly, please visit my merchandise store at tpublic.com or scroll down on today's device. It's embedded right there in the description. Click on the link. It takes you right to my merchandise store. I got everything from hoodies to t-shirts to travel mugs, anything you need or want, COVID masks even. So please, if you want to support me there, you could do it. If not, the easiest thing you could do, the most free thing you could do, the thing that takes you two seconds, rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms, but most specifically, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So this week's guest is an author, an actor, a festival producer, and a stand-up comedian, Sean Wickens. Hey, how's it going, Steve? What's going on, my friend? How are you today? Pretty good, pretty good. Woke so, up at 6 a.m. and went for an early walk. Oh, okay. Oh, hold on. You're a comedian. What the hell are you doing up at 6 a.m.? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not usually up that early, but uh, I don't know. It's, <laughs> the, the weird year has, you know, prompted a, a weird shift in uh, sleep schedule. So, um, and I, I never leave the apartment that early. You know what I mean? But I, okay. I was just sort of like... Um, I don't know if this this news has reached you up in Toronto, but right. people in New York are excited because there was a snowy owl that was spotted in Central Park for the first time in over a decade. Oh, shit. Okay, no, I haven't not, heard of this. No, not a decade, a century. Oh, wow, yeah, even better. Yeah. Um, and so I've been going to Central Park with not really any hope of seeing this owl, but just sort okay. of like it's... I mean, it's a place to go, you know. <laughs> it's something to do. It's so true. 
Like, yeah. e- even with me talking to people, it's like, so, w- what are you doing tonight? Same thing I did last uh, night. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I so, even, like, I, you know, there's friends that I've reconnected with or, or friends that I check in with. I even forget if I've checked in with friends this week. Right? Just to ask if they're doing well, yeah. Yeah, no kidding. It's the same thing here. Oh, my God, that's hilarious. So, what got you into being a stand-up comedian? What was the aha moment where, like, I want to do this as a as a career? Well, so I think several aha moments. Um, I have vivid memories of being a kid in like listening to a friend's Steve Martin album. Oh, okay. And and, and that was very fun and, and wacky and weird. And then I have been very vivid memories of listening to a friend's dad's um, Cheech and Chong album. Nice. And then, which, which we weren't supposed to listen to, of course. <laughs> of course. And then. And then um, listening to being a Boy Scout and being at, at camp and somebody sneaking a, a like a Walkman and bringing Eddie Murphy tapes. Oh, the best. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. So is it safe to say that those are like your top favorite albums of all time? Um, I don't know. I actually haven't probably listened to those in years. You know what I mean? Uh, although That's true, uh, Eddie Murphy's Delirious and Raw are on Netflix, so I have seen those. Um, I haven't really returned that often to things that i listened to as a kid comedy wise sure um i I think it's i mean some stuff hasn't aged well so that's part of it (laughs) that's true too and some things are very out there and very it's like whoa the pc crowd would fucking murder these people if it was today (laughs) it's not even that so just something sometimes some things are just not funny anymore like when i was a kid i used to love one of my early like um, comedy slash actor heroes was Michael Keaton. Okay. I, I thought Michael Keaton was hilarious when I was a kid. Sure. And I have um, like Mr. Mom was the first VHS tape we rented. <laughs> oh wow! As a family. Okay. Okay. It was a very you know exciting moment, and I watched Mr. Mom I think four years ago, and I was like, this movie's like dumb. It's just like not funny. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I had a funny father, and I, my friends were always funny. And then for years, I like I wanted to get on stage in high school and college. I, I auditioned for one play in college, okay, and I was mortified to do even do that. And um, I wrongly applauded myself for just trying, <laughs> which was which is fine. But like yeah. I, it prevented me from trying again. I was like, hey, you try it. Right, right. Um, but I, I started kind of late. I took like a, a writing class at Second City. There used to, oh. I know there's a Second City Toronto. There right. used to be a Second City Cleveland okay. where I grew up. And um, it only lasted like three years. Oh, sure. Um, not very funny, I guess. But no. uh, <laughs> I took a writing class and I was like, man, ah, this is, all right, so maybe I'm a writer. And then when I moved okay. to New York, you know, I... I, I felt like emboldened by by just even like moving someplace else, and I was like, "All right, I'm going to take an improv class." Yeah. So that's what got me on stage, and I did improv for years, and then stand up happened four years ago, partly just because I got tired of playing characters during improv shows. I was like, "Why can't oh, I be me?" Gotcha. And um, stand up was the way to to do that. So, what's the one thing you miss about Cleveland, living in New York now? Is there anything? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I have family there. 
uh, and I have friends there. Well, you know, I went, so I, I don't know how much of a American sports fan you are. are. Are you a Raptors fan? Of course. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, I'm sure you're aware that there was a championship drought in Cleveland for years. Yeah, of course. And it was like, in Everybody in Cleveland took it personally, you know? So <laughs> when LeBron took us to the finals, right. that, that amazing year where, you know, we came back, I think, three games. Well, yeah, we came back and won. Yeah. I I was home for the, the final game. I was at my sister's. I, I asked friends from back home where okay. they're going out to watch the game. I was like, I want to be with people I know. Right, right. All, all my friends were like, we're too nervous. We're staying home. <laughs> okay. Because they didn't want if the if the if they lost they didn't want to be out around other people like sure. so insane like yeah. so such a huge deal but um, so I watched it with my sister and her family and it was just like so exciting my dad immediately called he was on speakerphone people were screaming right. so um, I, I you know I miss that aspect of Cleveland I definitely know more about um, like I can drive anywhere in Cleveland. Mm. Gotcha. But here in New York, I do still. I'm like, where am I going again? You know, I walk. Around. I don't know the names of restaurants. Sure. That I like. Okay. I just know where to, what direction to walk to to get there. You know? <laughs> That's hilarious. But it makes yeah. sense, though. It's true because it's the same thing. Like I, I lived in Portugal for a year, and mm-hmm. um, it was like it didn't feel like home because I didn't know where I was going. But not like being here in Toronto, where you could literally close your eyes. You don't even need anything to guide you, right? You're just there. So I totally get it, man. <laughs> I, lo- I love Toronto as well. It's one of the. It's like the, Toronto is the first international city I visited when I was a kid. Oh, okay. With my family. And gro- growing up in Cleveland, it was you know speaking of Michael Keaton, the Michael Keaton Batman. Okay, yeah. Um, downtown Cleveland kind of looked like Gotham City when oh, I was a kid. It was okay. like not a f- good place. Right. And then the first time I visited Toronto, I was like, "What an immaculate city! It looked like something out of a movie." Right. So clean and nice. And um, anyway, I do like Toronto. Uh, what were you asking? <laughs> no, it was just about what you missed about Cleveland. And yeah, no, oh, well, perfectly yeah, about Toronto. Have you ever performed up here in Toronto? Um, yeah, well, back when I did improv, I um, I was on a, a, a improv team at the Magnet Theater, which is a, a theater here. And uh, I was on a, a ensemble there for like, Ten, nine, ten years, right. and when we first started, we were we were all people that randomly loved r- road tripping. So oh, okay. we did a lot of festivals, and uh, the Toronto Improv Festival was like one of the first ones we did. Um, actually, the first time I did acid was on that trip <laughs> in Toronto. What's, nice. what's the name? What's the name of that island that you can take a ferry to? That's underneath the sea, like near the where oh. the CN Tower. Uh, Center Island. Center Island. Yeah, that's where I did um, acid for the first time. And how does our acid compare to American acid, may I ask? I've never done it, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it was Canadian acid. Some, somebody smuggled it in their, in their bra. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> there you go. Wrapped, wrapped in tinfoil in case any, like, it absorbed into their skin or something see did you ever hear that old wives tale because in high school i always heard it of that person who tried to transport sheets of acid and it melted through their chest and then they all just decayed did you ever hear that old wives tale i've definitely heard numerous scary stories about acid and and even though i've since done it 
Right. It still scares me. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. But this is the funny thing about that first oh. acid experience. I, okay. I, I never felt like I needed to try it, but sure. I was just in a situation where like everyone was going to be doing it. Some people for the first time, some people um, had done it before. Okay. So I was like, all right, I'm, I'm with a bunch of trusted friends. I, I'll, sure. I'll, I'm in, I'll, I'll do it. And we took it right as we were about to get onto the ferry to go to Center Island. Oh, wow. Okay. And the person who gave it to me said, <laughs> and this is like, this felt like I was about to jump out of a plane. Something like that. Because she she said, get ready for a wild 12 hours. Oh my. No. I was like, it lasted that long. I don't even (laughs) like long movies. (laughs) Me neither. I, you know what I mean? I I just, I just watched (laughs) for another podcast I did. I watched, it it was, it was talking about movies and i watched the recut, the director's cut of, Godfather three. Oh shit! Yeah, that's long. And but the recut was like two hours and ten minutes or something like that. And I was okay. like, Ugh, even that's too long. You know right. what I mean? It was a good movie. Um, so yeah, twelve hours. And it was fun up until the last like four hours. <laughs> oh no! It should be better yeah. when you're coming off. No, w- w- wouldn't you rather be like? all paranoid and fucked up at the beginning and then just mellow out and feel the buzz towards the end. Wouldn't that be better? Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. I mean, I did bottom out while we were having dinner. Um, I, was, I, I bottomed out while we were having dinner at some restaurant and people were passing credit cards back and forth to each oh, other. Shit. And it was very alarming why we had to do that. You know what I mean? Oh, and then, um, and then I like went to the bathroom and splashed water on my face. And while I was in the bathroom having this like freak out moment, I, I was speaking of Cleveland. I was in that in that moment worried somebody I knew from Cleveland was going to show up. Oh my god! What did you randomly? And, and it would have like blown my mind, right? And, right. You know, coming to Toronto and Can you imagine? So I was thinking of that. I went to the bathroom and like <laughs> paying for the bill was very confusing. Like right. why we had to do that and. Um, while I was in the bathroom, sort of calming myself down, I looked next to me, and there was a, I, I shit you not, there was a, okay. a street clown putting makeup on, his fa- like oh, a God. street performer putting clown makeup on. Oh, my God. And I was like, somehow it was like too much for me to handle <laughs> that I, I, that I like, I was like, well, that's, that's just funny. So I laughed, and then I felt better. And then the rest of it was like, I felt, you know, somewhat fine. Um yeah, no, that that's too intense for me, man. I'll, I'll stick with smoking weed. Yeah. To me, that's perfect amount of highness, perfect amount of chill. You're still functional. Yeah. Like I don't know about you, I'm a yeah. functional pothead, as they call, where I'm still able yeah, to do yeah. whatever the same. It does not affect me that way, where it cripples me, right? So yeah. like, that's why I love it. Yeah, I'm mostly functional. I, I wouldn't drive on it. I have friends who are like, I'm. I I don't have a problem driving stoned, and right. I'm like, well, I I never drive. So I live in New York, so that's so that's like why would I give myself two two obstacles? You know what I mean? Um, but I'm usually pretty functional on on weed. Though recently, I um, so I read something. Maybe this is useful for your viewers to hear. I don't know. Okay. I read something where it's like people are gaining weight and losing weight while quarantining, right? Which you know, what w- will happen? Sure. But losing muscle is the thing that you need to worry about. So I bought some resistance bands. Okay. I've been doing. Distance band workouts. Yeah. 
and I, you know, watching some lady on YouTube that I found that I really liked uh, of her exercises. And okay. I normally don't smoke in the morning, but I did happen to smoke that morning and I exercised. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I was in that situation where you forgot that you smoked. And I was just like, why do I feel weird? Oh my, this workout must be intense. And then I, I had to remember that I was stoned. And then there was a funny thing, the thing that happened that made myself laugh where, you know, she's demonstrating the exercises and then she's doing the exercises. Right. And I, I realized I was standing there for a minute staring at the TV. I was like, why does she, why is she showing us this exercise? I don't understand. <laughs> And I realized I was supposed to exercise with it. Oh um, my god, <laughs> that's hilarious! So, do you smoke before going on stage anytime, or do you always go on sober? I uh, usually go on sober. Okay. Um, you know, sometimes I'll have a little bit. Sometimes I'll have a beer. Oh, okay, um, that's nothing. But I, I usually try to go on a little sober. Um, and uh, but I also do. So I do a show with three friends called Stoner Morning Show. It's just like a parody of like local morning news shows, oh, okay. but it's hosted by stoners is the premise of it. <laughs> sure. And um, that I usually, I mostly do stoned. You got it. Well, you it's know? in the name. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's very fun because, and that kind of came about because in my mind, uh, you know that, that Kung Fu movie, like Drunken Kung Fu Master? No. Oh it's yeah, nice. it's a Jackie Chan movie, and it's like it's about a style of um, martial arts where you're supposed okay. to be drunk or act drunk. And just oh, sort of like, I see. So like your limbs are all loose and stuff, right? Yeah, and you're okay, like unexpected. Okay. You're, you're coming from like unexpected directions, sure. and stuff like that. Okay. Like, I think stoners are the drunken <laughs> kung fu fighters of comedy. Um, and actually, I I used to teach improv. And if I was ever working with a group who they were having problems on stage, right. like usually like too much conflict or arguments on stage that wouldn't make for fun, fun shows, I would have them in like rehearsal play, like do scenes as stoners. Oh, okay. And I would say, you're not smoking in the scene. You're just like a stereotypical stoner playing right. a cowboy or a, how oh would God. a stoner play... <laughs> A submarine captain or whatever. Oh, that's hilarious. And those those show those rehearsal scenes always would go so well. And I was like, wow, playing stoners is such a funny way to get to comedy. And for I actually did this for years. And I was just like I taught so many classes where I asked people to play stoners. I was like, somebody's gonna take the stoner idea (laughs) before I do, you know? And then so finally my my buddy Lex Morales and I were, were stand-ups. We were doing a, some, a bunch of road shows. And we were trying to think of, like, a non-stand-up show we could do. Okay. And he was like, we should do a podcast where we're drunk. And I was, which was a good idea. And I, But I was like, I don't want to do drunk. We get stoned so much. Why don't we just do something where we're stoned? Makes sense. And um, so that's where the Stoner Morning Show came about. No, that's awesome. So what is it? Is this a, a weekly show you guys put out? Is it video or only audio? It's it started as a live show that Lex and I did on the road, okay. and then um, and then he moved to Thailand to to do stand up. Oh shit! Okay. Um, and then uh, so it turned into a podcast. But now um, now that this is all now that the miracle of Zoom is happening, it, yeah. we turned it into a live streaming show. So it's Saturdays, ten a.m. to noon. Oh, nice. 
Eastern Eastern time, New York and Toronto time. Um, and we have guests on and, you know, sometimes they're weed related. Sometimes they're just people. Um, <laughs> it's just, we try to have a, on people who will make us laugh or blow our minds. That's kind of our, our uh, mission statement. Oh, that makes sense. That's awesome. Yeah. So is there any, okay, speaking of Zoom, are you one of those comedians that have been doing a lot of Zoom shows during the quarantine? Um, I've been doing them here and there, but um, so a few months ago, but I, I was also going through, um, you know, uh, high productive periods and very low productive periods. Okay. And um, a few months ago, I was in a moment where, I wasn't trying to write jokes. I was even sort of, I don't know if you had trouble uh, even motivating your, yourself to do the podcast, but there was times where I was just like, what, was, what is the point of trying to be funny? Sure. What, like, what's anybody, what's anybody really getting out of it? Right, right. And, um, so I wouldn't say that I like mentally checked out or quit, but mm. I was just sort of like, I'm not trying to think of funny stuff at the moment. But in... Some October night, I was just at home by myself, chilling out, listening to music. I was a little stoned. And a lot of comedians will know the joy of just randomly thinking of a joke that really works. Sure. Which we've all had happen. But I, I've i never had such a huge rush of creativity. But I I like brainstormed like a 10-minute set. which okay. I, and, it, and it linked together so well. Which had never happened to me. <laughs> and I... So... I mean, not that much. It was just sort of like, I can't believe I had so much content download into my brain at once. And I, and I told friends, I was just like, I was kind of depressed. I think my subconscious knew I needed something exciting and funny. You know what I mean? So I did that. I called it the best 10 minutes. I, I, I immediately started posting on Facebook about how I was just like, I started bragging about how I lucked into such an amazing 10 minutes, you know? Yeah. And I was like, I didn't even have to try. This just <laughs> happened, you know? And, um, so I started talking it up and then I was, I did it once at an outdoor show. Okay. And I even told people up front, I was like, this might get a standing ovation. I'm letting you all know now this, this is going to be that good. And, um, and, uh, and it went over great. And, I, and then I was just sort of like, all right, well, I confirmed that it was good. Nothing to do now um, with it. But uh, um, I had a rough January, <laughs> so I was just like, I need to do something fun. Sure. So I I booked myself. I, I just did that uh, that set. Uh, I did it five times. I invited friends and, and family. I was just like, send me a donation of money because I can use some cash. Sure. Um, uh, I'll donate part of it to um, food bank here in New York. Anyway, um, so I did the best 10 minutes set of my life and I'm probably going to release it on Spotify as like a comedy EP. Cause I, there you go. I did it. I enjoyed doing it enough that I feel like um, might as well share it with the world. No, most definitely. Okay. So what, what I want to know too now, like we, we yeah. even touched on a little bit in passing is the PC era now that we're in. Have you had okay. to change the way you come up with jokes and be like, I don't know if I'm going to get grief for this or you're like, fuck it, balls to the wall, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will answer your question, but first I, 
I, I do think about comedy a lot. And I just t- today okay. thought of a funny way to describe how I even write a joke. Mm. And it's, I mean, sometimes I'm sitting down and, and forcing myself to write. Right. But there are other times where I am just daydreaming and I imagine myself on stage. Okay. And, my, and I imagine the audience applauding and laughing. Huge belly laughs. <laughs> Big, giant applause. Sure. And I and I think about how great that feels when that happens. And then in the daydream, I then ask myself, what did I just say? Okay. To make them laugh. Right. I work backwards. I see. Yeah, yeah. I imagine it myself <laughs> on stage and it working. And then I'm like, so then what did I, what, what did I say? And, I, and, and so jokes have come about by that like reverse order um anyway pc stuff i don't feel it that much in a way i also i mean i'm not a very political comedian or an in-your-face comedian i am like kind of a weird stoner surreal isn't this ridiculous comedian right um but um you don't always control the material you create in a way I mean, sometimes you try to uh, share your perspective on certain topics, but sometimes just like jokes just come to you. Um, And so I have pushed the envelope a little bit. I've gotten a little like rated R or or a little disgusting, you know, to some success and then (laughs) some not. Okay. Um, And to be honest, if if I do tell a joke and it makes the audience cringe, Mm -hmm. I'm never like... Well, they're they're um, they're sensitive, or they or they hate jokes. Right. I'm always like, well, that joke didn't work. Ah, uh, I see. I That's the way you look at. Oh, okay, smart. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and it's and it's I don't know. In, 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 a, in a way, it's like real because um, and it might be just that for some reason, like the comedian Dave Attell can mm-hmm. his superpower is just getting away with saying anything like right. it's kind of amazing how <laughs> he he sort of like muscles his um inappropriate uh, thoughts onto the audience you right. know uh but um i i think it's just sort of like i'm not somebody who can pull that off being like crude or, or disgusting sure. or like yeah so um it never really concerns me um the weird thing some of the inverse of that is that I've had a lot of comedian friends here in New York say to me, my material, not, not me. They, they, they say themselves, their, their own material only works in New York city and they can't do shows outside of New York city. Yeah. I've heard this too. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't believe that at all. I don't know. It's all, but it also, maybe I'm not hitting, trying to hit New York ish humor or I don't, I don't know but like I um I, in some ways I think it's an inaccurate perspective because I think a lot of New Yorkers think all of outside of New York is conservative and will get politically angry but I I've found that if like you're on the road and you're doing a show at a comedy club it's usually pretty open-minded people who are looking to have fun so it's um in some ways, I think it's overemphasized. The whole like PC thing is ruining comedy. 
Yeah, that's true. And even going back to you saying that <clears throat> you could only work in New York. No, that that's total bullshit. Because uh, when I visited New York, I, I was at the cellar and it was all fucking out of town people and everyone was oh, yeah. belly laughing. Like, you know what I mean? Right. So it's not like only locals that go to the shows. It's people yeah. who come in from out of town, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, very true. It's so stupid. Well, t- t- talking about the audience and the crowd, have you ever been heckled to the point where you just want to knock someone out? Well, um, that is also, I'm usually, I don't know, I'm, I am kind of like a sensitive person off stage, but when I'm on stage, okay. I, I, I somehow become a braver person. And I'm usually <laughs> like insults off stage I'm a, will sometimes wreck me, but if anybody okay. heckles me on stage, right, right. I'm not that bothered by it unless and this this has happened before unless wow. it's uh, somebody I know and a friend of mine. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Oh no. That's horrible. I know. And the and and the worst part about it is that sometimes heck ran heckles from random people right. somehow land at great moments for 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 or great you know great moments for you for you to have the opportunity to turn it into a funny moment. That's true. For, you, for yourself. Sure. But for some reason, like when I've been heckled by friends, it's like right at the point where I'm about to say the punchline oh, and it no. ruins the, the setup. Of you know course. what I mean? Um, <laughs> oh, man, that sucks. How about crowd control? Did you do any, any of that? Like do you go around talking to the crowd or pick on any crowd members? Have you ever tried it? Um, I always play it by ear. And I, I think I'm always usually good at, at finding people who are who are good at like – playing along and, and are fine right. being like sort of heckled by me. Um, one, one weird experience was, so my friend Lex and I, we were doing like a private show in upstate New York. Okay. And uh, I mean, this was like a, a dreadful experience in some ways, but we, we, uh, we got hired for this private uh, event and um, they, they said bef- even before we arrived, it was just like, anything goes like, this isn't a, um, uh, a sensitive crowd or anything like sure. that. Perfect. And we got there and um, they said, Hey, uh, we're, we're, we're ready for the worst. Like we can handle it. Like give us your rate at our show. And I was like, mm. all right, that's good. And I didn't even, I don't even have that many rated our jokes, but I did end with a, I was like, all right, these are, these, these, these people are ready for it. And right. I did end with my nastiest joke, which is a little bit of, which is about like masturbation. I won't, okay. I won't tell it here just, but, um, and it did not go well. And oh, there were no. a few women who, women who gasped. <gasps> and, Shit. But, um, but, and I was like, well, that, that was the last joke. I'm sorry. I didn't end on a high note, everybody. I hope oh, that really? didn't ruin the whole show for you, but people applauded. Okay. And then we stayed and we got dinner. They fed us. Oh, perfect. And they, they, gave us they gave us a check. And we, we thought it was, was fine. And then um, the guy that hired us walked us outside and said right. thank you. And then like three days later, I got a very angry email. Shit. Uh, <laughs> that like was very lengthy. And, and, <laughs> and like – and it ruined my week and i <sighs> and i immediately had to call my buddy and i like read it out loud i was at a bar it was like 10 o'clock at night so who was I the email my, from from the from the owner from the guy who booked you or from an audience from the guy member? who from the guy who booked me oh was, shit I, I, even I guess, worse 
yeah, I guess they got he got complaints from a bunch of people, and then so he was like, "Fuck." Which, in my mind, I was just sort of like, "All right, well, that's a bummer. Why do you need to pass those complaints on to me? I mean, this isn't going to add more good into the world, you know." Um, but I try to take it as a learning experience of, you know what I mean? Like, even if I think I know the audience, sure. If if I think I can read the room, I'm not always accurate as to how I how I'm reading the room. So it's just something to, good to be aware of, you know? So it's, what's the worst thing that's ever happened to you on stage? Is it your friend heckling you or the story you just told, or is there something else that is like, fuck that. I never want to remember that day ever. Hmm. Wow. For whatever I, reason, if it's your own fault or if you've slipped on a banana peel for per se or whatever it is. Right. 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 Oh, okay. Yeah. So I do have a story. Uh, it, ha- it happened years ago. So okay. I, we, we, I mentioned that I moved to New York and started improv because I yeah. had uh, stage fright. But before I moved here, I did try stand-up back in Cleveland, Ohio a few times. Okay. Just low-stress shows, just like open-mic shows, you know, that a friend of mine who was a comedian took me to. Sure. Um, I was still kind of mortified, you know what I mean? And, and I, I definitely wasn't good at jokes. Uh, I, I mean... I sometimes did all right, but anyway, I was at an open mic at a bar one night, and I bombed horribly. It was just like, which has happened before, and it was just like not good. But in the middle of my just three-minute set, very Mm -hmm. insignificant, I realized at the bar was a former boss of mine, the only job that I ever quit. Oh, my God. (laughs) And it was... And I quit because I did not get along with that guy. Oh, wow. Even better. Yeah. It was a family business. Like, I got along with the rest of his family. He was the owner. Him and I did not get along. And I caught his eye in the middle of my set while I was bombing. And he was so elated at watching me fail. Oh, my God. That it did keep me away from stand-up for years, but I eventually got to, into improv, you know what I mean? But it like right. messed my, it messed me up and it, it made me rethink, do I, this, this, this thing that I, I believe I have talent in and have a, a, a drive to pursue, it made me rethink my whole sort of <laughs> who I was as a person. Oh my God, that's hilarious. Well, one thing I've noticed about listening to to a few of your stand-up stuff is that you love to talk about life experiences, what you've been through, like as a kid, growing up, whatever, and whatnot. Now, obviously, I know as listening to comedians and talking to them, every story is a little bit stretched out, right? So I want to throw you some of the stories I've heard about you, and you tell me if it's fabricated or if it's exactly word by word, all right? Sure, sure. Okay, so one is that you lost 100 pounds. Is this true? <laughs> Not true. Oh, see, there it is. <laughs> 20. So I did embellish a little bit. So there you um, go. <laughs> yeah. How about, okay, I hope this is not true. Looking straight into a dog's eyes while he's taking a shit. <laughs> um, also not true. Probably somewhat embellished of just, uh, I was dog sitting for a friend. And okay. I, I probably accidentally made eye contact with, with her. Um, while she was pooping. <laughs> okay, this next one, I think this this one's truth. How about okay. getting hit by a drunk driver and then inheriting a Voltron action figure? <laughs> that, uh, that's actually not true at oh, all. Come on. <laughs> um, it, 
But it did. Uh, the interesting thing about that is, um, I would say most of my stuff is embellished a little bit or okay. a lot. But um, that it, that story I told does reflect some some bit of survivor's guilt that I do actually feel. So I actually oh. re- revealed that um, feeling. But I did it in a way where I didn't have to reveal any of the true details. That, oh, that's right. Gotcha. No, that's a good one. And this one just tops the cake. Shitting on a pizza. No, I've never done that. Thank God. I forgot about that joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of pizza, not to yeah. gross your order, but what's your favorite go-to munchie? Oh, go-to munchie. Well, lately, I... Uh, the. The corner store by me has been running a deal on Goldfish Crackers 2 oh, for 4 no, bucks. No, you're one of those guys. Come on. I love Goldfish Crackers, yeah. Oh, those things are disgusting. How could you like that? There's so much other stuff to have, especially in the States. You guys have a lot more junk food than we do up here. Oh, yeah. Well, last night I did eat... Um, yeah, the last time I went to the store, I bought two things of Reese's Cups. Okay, that's good. And I, and I was like, this will be a nice treat for two separate nights, but it they ended up being a treat for last night when I was very stoned. I um, I watched the I watched Moby Dick last night. Would it, they actually have a movie Moby Dick? I thought it was only there's the book. Movie, there's a movie of Bo, of Moby Dick. It's like from the fifties. And the oh, weird shit. thing about it, yeah. No, and the you. weird thing about it is that when I was in high school, okay. my English teacher. I, I went to like a kind of a, a pretty good college prep school it was you know it was it was it stressed academics i got there on scholarship I, nice not not for being smart oh. I, I grew up i grew up uh, somewhat poor so i had like, a scholarship to, to go to a, a nice school for that anyway right. um one of my teachers was like moby dick is one of the greatest american novels okay it's probably the greatest novel about uh a sailor's life or, or being at sea. And he went on and talked about how wonderful Moby Dick was okay. for like 10 minutes. And he kind of built up some expectation for it. <laughs> okay. And then he said, but to be honest with you, it's too long. So we're going to watch the movie. Shut up. Yeah. So we watched the movie of Bo- Moby Dick, was that, which was actually fine. You know what I mean? That's a good teacher. So I've been fascinated with Moby Dick my whole life. Not even the story, it's just like right. I'm fascinated that people love it because my own English teacher, who also loved it, was like, we're just going to watch the movie. We're not reading the book. Um, so it, I watched the movie last night and I was stoned and I was like tweeting about it. And I, so I ended up reading about the, the book right. <laughs> on Wikipedia. Oh, my God. And it... Is it blew my mind in a way because it was like I went there with with the the the, the question of like are there really albino whales in the ocean you know right. and sure enough Moby Dick was kind of based off of like the accounts of an actual albino whale oh wow see that 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 um that had like twelve harpoons stuck in it because nobody could kill this whale oh my god uh, and and it would um and it would like attack other boats and stuff like that. Um, but it made me, it, this is like a fun stoned thought that I had last night when okay. I was watching this movie and then reading about it, which it made me, made me want to ask, what are some great Canadian novels? We'll, we'll get to that, but, uh, yeah, maybe you don't know, but, um, 
made me think that because I'd always been aware that Herman Melville never knew his book to be a success. The, it became a great American novel after he passed away. Okay. And um, just, you know, somewhat of a, a sad story. And and then last night I found out that it was based off of a true, real whale. Yeah, that's crazy. I never knew that. And and, and the whale never even knew <laughs> it, that it, he inspired a, a great American novel. Well, speaking of never knowing, this is a pure stoner thing, even though I wasn't stoned at the time when I had to read this book for high school myself. But, oh my God, I didn't read the book. I know it's crunch time. I need, so I just made it up. Like, we have to write an essay. I just read the back. There was no internet back then. Now I'm dating myself. Oh, yeah. So it was either go to the library or you have an old dusty encyclopedia that had nothing about Moby Dick anyways. Or you were one of those people that only had A to fucking C and then you were missing the rest or something. <laughs> So I just made it up on the go, and I don't know what the hell I made it up about, whatever. But in long story short, yeah, I, I, my teacher was pissed off, and right away they knew that I was fucking lying, and I was still playing it up like as if it was the truth. I'm like, no, no, I read it, I read it. What are you talking about? What was, what was the book? Do you remember? No, it was Moby Dick. That I'm saying oh, it, it was, was actual Moby Dick. Dick. Oh, yeah, That's yeah. why. And speaking of great Canadian novels, I don't know. Well, I know Hemingway lived in Toronto for a, a short time. I don't know if he was born uh-huh. here. But I know he did live here because there's a place downtown where I always pass by and it always says the house where Hemingway wrote I don't know what or something. So I don't know if that technically counts. Yeah, sure. I'd give it. I mean, if he wrote it in Canada. I guess it would count as Canadian, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, going back to food. What about like stoner combos? Do you ever do something that no one would ever think of, like smashing two things together that you're just like, oh, that would actually taste good? Only when you're high, obviously. <laughs> Oh wow! I don't I don't do much cooking while I'm stoned. I do bake my own brownies though. Oh, do um, you? So are you, oh, you're an edibles guy? A little bit, yeah, yeah. I it I became an edibles guy on accident, kind of, because <laughs> okay. when I was doing shows on the road, I was buying. Whenever I passed through a state where I could buy it, I was like sure. buying like weed and and edibles for my my girlfriend liked edibles because. They helped her sleep, ah, okay. and they were getting so they were getting so expensive um, <laughs> that I was just like, I should find out how to make brownies on my own. You know sure. what I mean? Because we we would then order edibles from a delivery service here in New York, and sometimes they didn't have them, or okay. sometimes the price went up. Right. I was like, I just, just figured out how to uh, how to do this on my own. I was like, what? Oh wow, what a great skill I acquired, and she liked them, and I liked them, and then she uh, broke up with me during the pandemic. Oh, so sure. now I'm now I still do it on my own though so um the the you know the good thing about relationships that end is that like you you get you still have the music that you uh your ex uh, you know introduced you to right and then in my case i still have a love for edibles that i acquired just because she needed some to help her sleep at night okay now i gotta know okay because you're a perfect person to ask because obviously your tolerance level is high probably like mine since i smoke weed every day for the f- love of God, I've tried to take as much edibles as I can. I even sat down and popped so much. I still have uh-huh. never felt the buzz of an edible. So how much weed do you put in yours or how much milligram, however you, you guys do it down there in the States? Like, what's a good dosage for someone like me and you? Jeez. Um, well, I mean, it's all guesswork in a way. You know what I mean? But I usually... Um, so I use an eighth for a tray of brownies. Okay. And, you know, I, I, it's a long process because I cook it into the butter and all this other stuff. Oh, okay. But um, 
the first time I made brownies, I was like, okay, we have 16 brownies mm-hmm. um, from an eighth of, of weed. And my girlfriend and I each had one of those 16 brownies and we were floored. It was like way too much. Like really? I couldn't walk. Yeah, Fine. yeah. Okay. And um, I mean, you might just, I mean, it's weird because I have friends who say you smoking weed, it does build up a tolerance for you. But for yeah. some reason, edibles doesn't always do that. Mm. So like I just, I now will have a fourth of one of those 16 brownies. Oh, and like that will, that'll, really? I mean, sometimes I'll do two, but it's pretty consistent that I'll just have one of those and it's enough for me. And I sell to friends and some of them will just have a half or a third of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know what to tell you. I guess you just can't eat it. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe try dabs. I don't, yeah. <laughs> well, the other thing too is I, I've had shrooms in the past and they've never done anything to me either. Like I, I oh, honestly wow. think my metabolism is too quick and it just dissolves so quick that it doesn't even have time to go in my blood. I don't know. Wow. Or maybe I just huh. need to take more cause I'm fairly tall as well. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. I have no idea. Are you a fighter or wrestler at all? <clears throat> Are you a very like athletic person? Well, I'm a, like I have an athletic build, but it's not like I do yeah. any athletics. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Just, do you have weird dreams? Maybe you don't need shrooms. Actually, just... no, I don't have weird dreams. I have a fuck ton of nightmares, though. Uh, uh, <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe edibles would mess you up even more. I, I don't know. Right, Definitely that's what I'm acid, thinking. I'll say that. Well, I have done E in the past as as a young teenager. Well, well no, sorry, oh, yeah. I should say older teenager, not young, because that would probably put me at thirteen, and that's just crazy. But that I was okay, like. But I wasn't able to do it indoors. I found if I did it indoors, well, what the kids call nowadays Molly, if people don't know what he is. Yeah, so yeah. I did it indoors and I was just freaking the fuck out. But once I was outside, I was like, no, nah, this is a good. But again, the long, the six to eight hours was not my thing, man. I just. Oh, yeah. And I did it like once or twice and I was like, I'm done. That's it. Never again. Right. If, if they could somehow give you an intermission. Right. Actually, that would be all right. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> It's sort of like the That's vaccine awesome. now. You have to take two doses. You take one, you feel it for a bit, then you come back, you feel another one. Yeah, yeah. How about favorite it, strains? Are you one of those guys that has like a certain strain you like or you just like fuck it? If it's good enough, I'll smoke it. I'm Yeah, I'm just fuck it really. And uh, like the place that I order from here, they usually have like consistent strains. But okay. then there's sometimes that they're like, hey, we don't have that stuff anymore. We have this. I'm always mm. just like, all right. Um but I bake with sativas, which is against some conventional wisdom, I guess, okay. because I do have it. At, I take it at night, and it helps me sleep. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because sativas they they weed, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So baking with that's sativa weird. makes me chill out. Um, it, but I also smoke indicas as well. Baking with indicas hasn't done anything. I, I didn't feel it. Mm. And I, uh, in the indica brownies I've given to friends, they've also said that they didn't really feel anything. So, I don't know. Hmm. Yes, yeah, because but now... Strains, I, I'm not that picky about strains, I, and I don't know if this is connected, but I'm also mm-hmm. not like a foodie person. Yeah, I'm the same way. Um, I eat because I have to. Or else I, if I never had to eat, I would never eat a meal again in the rest of my life. Like, I, I don't... <laughs> you know what I mean? I really do not care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I like, I don't, ha- I don't think I have a very refined palate. Uh, you know, well, I'll go to a fancy restaurant here in New York sure. and I'm like, I don't know. It was, I, I can eat cart food. No problem. Right. You know, street, 
street food, yeah. To me, Salisbury, well, maybe now I was going to, yeah, this is a bad joke, but Salisbury steak to a filet mignon to me is the same, but not oh, really. Yeah. But, but like, sort of, like, you know what I mean? Like, when people are like, oh, grade A steak, and it's like, that's the same steak as I get at Costco. What the fuck's the difference here? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. How about, okay, now, back in the day, it was harder to get weed. Like, the kids don't know how easy it is. You could fucking order from the internet. You could order it down the street. Now, it's all almost legalized everywhere, even in the state. Well, up here in Canada, it is across every province. But in the States, it's almost getting there. But, like I say, within a few years, it should be, right? Now, do you have any crazy stories of trying to score some weed as, like, a, a teenager or in your early 20s? Um... I don't have that many crazy stories about trying to score it because uh, I was always just more casual. I, I, I think I, I smoke and eat it more in my forties than I ever did in my thirties. Oh, uh, okay. I'm the opposite actually. Oh yeah. Um, but when I was in college, this is a, fu- a fun story okay. and it's, it's one of those just sort of like, wow, that could have gone horribly wrong. But uh, so my college roommate and I, we were, we, I don't know, we were weird kids. We were just like, we didn't party that much. We would do weird things like we went to Radio Shack and bought uh, walkie-talkies. Okay. And we would just run around the woods with walkie-talkies or, or sure. we would sneak into school. We would find ways to sneak into school buildings. And <laughs> Why just, not? Like, take, just take pictures of ourselves like in the cafeteria at <laughs> night when it's supposed to be closed. Okay. Just like, a weird, like planting our flag. Sure thing you know but one night we um we had some fireworks and we had the i the 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 brilliant idea of like wouldn't it be fun to bounce a a bottle rocket off of the top of a semi truck oh shit okay why who knows we we don't know why but like we were stoned my my buddy had a pipe with him and so dumb we were firing fireworks off <laughs> off of an overpass at semis stupid we all not been. trying to hit the, the cab like trying to hit the the, the trailer you know? yeah yeah exactly yeah i yeah. know what you mean but um trucks have like a direct line of communication to police because oh, they have cbs that's right so it didn't take long for us <laughs> to get swarmed by cops oh no and you know, it was like they came out with guns drawn because we had like shut up ammunition or you know yeah yeah we oh had my like, God. like who knows they didn't know what else we had you know what I mean and we had to like put oh, our true. hands up right right and we got patted down wow. and my buddy said he had stuffed his pipe down his underwear okay he said the the first cop felt it right definitely felt it and then okay. just moved on oh lucky and then said um. And said those guys were good. And actually, somebody tried to pat down my buddy again. And the cop that found the pipe was just like, no, he's good. I got him. So we were we were pretty close to, like, getting messed up. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that would have – because we had a guy at our school get kicked out for acid. Acid and weed is different. But we had a guy right. get kicked out of our school for acid. Um, wow. So it's like, ah, who knows what could have happened. So we, we lucked out on, on that. Yeah, I've been lucky too. Every time I've encountered uh, anything with the police while, while in public while having weed, it's all been either a slap on the wrist or they just take it and obviously they go smoke it themselves or whatever they fucking do. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, especially if they don't write you a ticket and they take it, you know for sure they're keeping that shit. Like, come on. Like, oh, sure. who are you trying to kid? <laughs> or, they're keeping it, or they're keeping it to plant on somebody else. Ah, true. Or bribe yeah. someone else even. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Well, before we get to the word story of the week, yeah. you, you've also written a few books, right? So the yeah. two I, I want to actually touch on, just I didn't get to read any of this, but I, just by the titles alone. Okay, the first one is How to Lose Your Virginity and How Not to. Is yeah. this a book about literally, or is this just the title? How to like? Are you a professional at losing Virginia? What's going on here? <laughs> no, but um, it is. So it's a it's a very, I guess, non comedy uh, book from a comedian. But oh, years ago, okay. I uh, I I was t- just talking about like with friends about how we lost our, our virginity, and it, in every case, all of my friends were like um, embarrassed about it. It's true. It, yeah. And and I was just like, that can't be the norm or the, if that is the norm that there, there also has to be like great stories out there. So I, um, at, at the time I worked at my college, I was like a research, research assistant. And I, I shared an office with, with a friend, with another research assistant. And there was a tape recorder that was left there okay, for the purpose of doing like, psychological studies like interviewing people sure. so i was like i'm just gonna steal this tape recorder and i'm just gonna interview random people about how they lost their virginity right. and um and i eventually i gave myself the goal of interviewing a thousand people oh wow just because i was like that's a big round number if i interview a thousand people i'll definitely get a pretty wide variety of stories of you know what I mean? so and i traveled around i, I went to montreal and oh, yeah, interviewed people in montreal and it was my first time there. And um, and I, I traveled all around the U.S. And it was just like, you know, and I did meet people who had like that sh- the, the shameful story. But then I did once in a while find people who had like amazing, incredible, like, you know, movie worthy. Ex- I don't believe I call those people liars. Come on, man. <laughs> Yeah, I. But the okay, is, uh, okay. No, actually, no. I'll, I'll take that back. If one person yeah. is experienced and the other one's not, that could possibly work. But if they're both virgins, get the fuck out of here. Well, I never had an instance where I interviewed two people who had the, uh, the, their first time together. You know oh, what I mean? I was always getting okay. one side of the story. Gotcha. But it was okay. also, you know, I was just randomly walking around towns, mostly going into bars. In, in these weren't like interviews that I set up in advance. I was just going around to people and introducing myself. Hey, I'm driving around the country interviewing people about how they lost virginity. Can I talk to you? And I heard enough just sort of like off the cuff, amazing stories. Even people even said like, wow, I haven't shared that story in a while. I haven't talked about that. Then I was just like, a lot of these had to have been true, you know? So it was a, I won't. I can't say that the book was a huge success, but it was the creating of it was a was a fun experience. Oh well, okay. Well, that's I'll, I'll, perfect. That you say it's not a huge success in your mind, but what is success? Like success could mean many things. Some people think it's just monetarily. Some people think yeah. it's getting like the likes, the listen, or the views. But if you're if you're f- uh, fulfilled with what you put out there, then I think that's success right there alone. Like, you know what I mean? I think it's the whole thing of how everyone, especially with social media, everyone's looking at like the Joe Rogans of the world and the fucking, like, you know, the Dave Chappelle's of the world. And it's like, Oh, if I don't get a million hits, I'm not successful. It's like, no, there's plenty of people out there who have like a handful of fans or or people who listen that support them enough where they don't have to have a full-time job. 
Like right there alone, yeah, okay. that's winning yeah. in my opinion, right? Oh yeah, it's true. No, I, I mostly think about that as well. Um, it, it, specifically with that book, I was hoping that it would lead to other things. Okay. You know, um, and it didn't. Partly my fault of just sort of like I, I could, I could have forced it to lead to other things. Sure, you know sure. What I mean, um, but uh, yeah, I'm never in my mind. I'm never reaching. <laughs> Maybe this is the stoner in me as well. I'm never reaching <laughs> for Joe Rogan or Dave Chappelle levels. Okay, I'm right. like. In some ways, I feel like the best life. If I could do it over again, I might try to become a minor league baseball player. No, I got one better than you. Okay. Back up punter for a, an NFL team. Oh well, I get that, but uh, I mean, if you're playing baseball professionally, you probably absolutely love baseball. That's you know? true too. And it's there's something I've always thought about that like. Being in the majors would be great, but so much pressure and possibly uh, so much pressure that it makes you, like, despise the game in a way. Like, I always think yeah. about, weirdly, um, Eddie Van Halen, who just passed away. Mm-hmm. He was an amazing guitar player, but it, it didn't seem like he loved being in Van Halen. <laughs> right? It seemed like he hated all of the people or, or you hear about like the rolling stones they don't get along you know what i mean right and it's like the rolling stones are huge they're at the top of their game so it's like I don't, maybe just being a minor league baseball player would have been enough of a thrill you know all joy i don't know hey you never know yeah that's true okay and the other book that i want to touch on because i love myself a good conspiracy what's tolerable conspiracies some secrets are good for you all about yeah, so that was in some ways kind of a writing exercise for me okay. in that uh, when here in the States when Trump was elected, specifically in New York, people were freaked out. Sure. People were not happy about it. <laughs> and, and and it wasn't fun to be around so many people who are not happy about it. You know what I mean? And so I was just – it was the comedic minded me. I was trying to think about like what's – so this is a bad thing that happened. Well, and so what is the silver lining? And I couldn't think of what the silver lining of that was, but right. I just sort of, I was like, what else could I think about that's bad that there could be silver lining? So I, I just gave myself this like writing exercise of like tackling all these conspiracy theories. And, and I was, and it's like, well, it's actually good for you. So one of the examples was I talk about lizard people. Oh, I love it. And I was like, lizard, lizard people are real. They are controlling things. But you would actually want a lizard person in charge more so than just like an idiot human. Because the lizard people, they're like very, you know, they're yes. very direct and vicious and lizard brained. And it's like, that's who you want running things. You don't want idiot humans running things. No, you, so don't, want, like a, you don't want the human opinion factor involved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like an ironic, um, like writing thing. To, for me to, to and I self-published that okay and that's cool I, I think I, it took me like a week or two to write it wow <laughs> that's awesome or I should have tried harder it's, it's, it's either awesome or I should have tried harder yeah well yeah but if it came to you it came to you right no it, it's true yeah <laughs> well are you ready for the worst story of the week then I can't wait yes okay so we've talked about this all episode pretty much drugs fucking weed mushrooms Perfect. Yeah. Leads right into this weird story of the week. It's we all about... about we, have, we haven't talked about fucking a little in terms of virginity loss. 
we didn't get into details, but we talked about we hovered oh, around talking about fucking. Well, close enough. Well, I, yeah, okay. Yeah. My wife listens to the show, so I don't need to reveal how I lost my virginity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so okay, this one's all about mushrooms. So yeah. you've done mushrooms, I assume. Yes. So have I? Like I said, it really didn't do anything for me. I've done like two or three times, nothing each time. So what yeah. do you feel when you're on mushrooms? Do you get that euphoria? Have you seen the Smurfs hopping around? Do you see crazy shit? I've never seen crazy shit on mushrooms. I've I've mostly felt really good. Okay. And I like to describe it as like you know when you have so, when you see something funny and then it leads to just uncontrollable laughter. Love that, it, yeah. That feeling you feel of that course. body. So that really was what shrooms felt like for me. Oh, nice. Like, like things were funny because my body already felt like it was laughing in a way. That's awesome. But on a few occasions, towards the end of it, I did sort of like freak out and think like, this is too much and I want this to stop. <laughs> so, um, but shrooms, mostly good experience. Now, how do you take them? Do you ingest them? Do you put them in food? Like, uh, what's your, or do you make a tea out of it? I've, I think I've done a tea once. I just, chew, I just muscle them down. I just chew them. Oh yeah. Okay. Perfect. So, and then, yeah, with a ginger ale chaser. Oh, perfect. Hey, that's, yeah, yeah. that's, that's kind of this, uh, uh, well, we call it pop soft drink of our choice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So what about injecting mushrooms? Wow. I, I mean, <laughs> I don't think that I need a, an intense, more intense mushroom experience, but I'm excited to hear what, where this leads. All right. So <laughs> a 30 year old man injected himself with a magic mushroom tea which caused the fungus to start growing inside his circulatory system. Wow. So this man was literally, like, he he is one of these, like, supervillains. He was just turning into Mr. Fungi or something. I don't know, what yeah, the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> he was an ecosystem. He, was, he, he turned himself into a terrarium. Oh, my God. So, apparently, he was addicted to opioids, and he was falling into, like, a deep depression and shit. So he, he heard the whole stories of how magic mushrooms are helping people with brain trauma and stuff like that now, right? So yeah. that's why he wanted to take mushrooms but he stepped it up a different notch and he decided to inject himself so what do you think happened to this gentleman uh i'm gonna say that he had to take a visit to the emergency room maybe he's like some sort of sepsis-esque type of thing i don't know i feel like it wasn't healthy no it was not so his family discovered him a few days later a few days and the man was pretty much dead he, I'm laughing. Oh, the only reason why I'm laughing is because in the end he ended up surviving. So that's why I'm laughing. Okay, good, I'm yeah, not going to yeah. laugh about someone who passed away, obviously. Right. I'm not that mean. So the man was pretty much dead. He was suffering from extreme confusion, nausea, jaundice, diarrhea, and vomiting blood. Wow. Okay. Done that last one. That's not at all. His internal organs, from his lungs to his liver, kidneys, all that sort of stuff, were shutting down. And finally, his heart rate was through the roof that he was in septic shock. Fuck. Wow. So, now I ask you, do you want to inject some mushrooms tonight? (laughs) (laughs) Is it worth the high? I'll do it in a tea, but no. No, thank you. Not injecting, no. Oh, my God. Like, what goes through people's minds nowadays? Like, I thought, like, uh, what was, like, the craziest thing? What was that thing... That made that other person bite off someone's face. Like, remember a few years back, that was all on the rage. Fentanyl, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Using fentanyl. Like, 
how much further do you have to chase this fucking dragon? Like, I don't get it. Yeah, I'm not that experimental. Like, I don't know. I like what we. I like what weed does, and I can stick to that. And uh, you know, I've done shrooms. I don't need to do them again. But if I'm in the woods with some friends and they have them, and I'm like, uh, well, all right, I'll I'll do it. Um, but yeah, weed is enough for me. Thank you. Know. Me too, man. Well, Sean, now's the time. Plug your shit where people can find you. Anything up and coming? Anything you want to promote? Floors are yours. Take your time, my friend. Oh, thank you. Well, yeah. So the best ten minutes of my life. The 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 the, the the most creative moment I had ever had where I, the, the universe laid a 10 minute egg inside of me. Uh, I, um, I recently did those, that 10 minutes uh, online for like a zoom show and I'm going to take the audio and release that on Spotify. So it'll be an easy, easy listen. It's like a mini comedy special. It's just 10 minutes. Um, and, uh, so that'll be on Spotify pretty soon and you can find me at, uh, seanwickens.com or uh, at schwickens s-h-w-i-c-k-e-n-s on you know instagram and all that stuff and then also check out stoner morning show that's probably an easier thing to remember than sean wickens stoner morning show um you can find me through there as well perfect and for myself you can find me on instagram and twitter under finger styles you can follow the podcast on twitter the podcast app email us your thoughts suggestions comments anything you want to get off your chest or if you have a nice brownie recipe that you want to share with me at the podcast dap at gmail.com rewind to the top of the show support those fine sponsors because if it helps them out helps me out please go to my merchandise store at tpublic.com and obviously please rate subscribe review on all major platforms one last question before i let you go yeah speaking of stuff that you talk about and i want to know if it's true or not as much investigation as i did on this i still don't know if people are still fucking with me with this or whatnot but Somewhere I read that you've announced matches for the Quidditch World Cup. Is this an actual fucking thing? That was true. Yeah. Go. Uh, I and I was not a. Uh, I was not a Harry Potter fan. Okay. I did. I haven't read any of the books, but through one of the improv theaters I, I performed at uh, the People's Improv Theater, uh, somebody over there hired a bunch of improvisers to to call a bunch of Quidditch games. I was given somewhat of the rules, but also told. <laughs> It didn't really matter. It was just sort of goofing around. Um, but it was one of my first paid comedy gigs, although I wow. was promised uh, a check and I never received that check. Bastards. I'm over it. I guess not, I, since I brought that up. But uh, some somewhere, some Quidditch tournament owes me, I think, like 40 or $50. Yeah, because I can't believe this thing. Because, I was, like I said, I was going, again, you can't believe everything you read on the internet, obviously. Oh, yeah. But when I was going through it, it's like, they had, like, the standings, the World Cup. They're like, in, it's, this started back in 1940-something. And then, right, right. Uh, then these countries were added in. And the people, the countries that have wanted the most are this. I'm like, how is this an actual thing if Harry Potter just came out in the 2000s or the 90s? Like, how the right, fuck does this right. date back to this? So that's why I was wondering if it was real or not. It, yeah, it is real. It has a, a bunch of weird convoluted, convoluted rules. I think it's kind of like LARPing, but for Harry Potter fans is what I would call no. it. There you go. So on that note, he's Sean. I'm Steve. This is the podcast. Peace. Thank you. Thank you.